Welcome to Tea and Teaching, the educational podcast you can listen to with a cup of tea. I'm Arthur Moore, and with me for now, it's Mike Harrowell. Hi, Mike. Hello, Arthur. How are you? I'm not too bad, buddy. I'm getting ready. My bags are packed. I'm off on the way to the Festival of Education, um, but you're not coming with. No, I have a real job, Arthur. I have to, I have to work. Um, I couldn't get time off work for this one, but I am very excited to hear you running around with a microphone interviewing as many people as you can at the Festival of Education. I've seen them online. It looks amazing already. I think you're going to have a great time. So that's basically the idea. So I'm going to go to Festival of Education. And then when I get back, Mike, I'm going to bring you up to speed because we're a team, uh, team teaching with Arthur and Mike. So I'll bring you up to speed and then we can see what we think about cognitive science. So listeners, go and get yourself a cup of tea, uh, sit back and... The whole point of this pod is to give you a flavour of what happened at the Festival of Education. So I'm here at the Festival of Education today, absolutely beautiful day, the sun is out, uh, everyone's in a good mood, ready to get going. Um, So we're going to be talking to people we meet around the venue. Uh, but we're going to be focusing on the cognitive science strand as it's, it's cognitive science month on tea and teaching. We're here with Inner Drive. We're going to be seeing what they're talking about to do with cognitive science. We're going to be grabbing some people in the audience, grabbing some of the panelists, grabbing some of the speakers, and trying to give you a bit of a um, an idea of what's going on here. Let's go and see. So we're here prepping for uh, the cognitive science strand. I'm in, I'm in the audience of, well, I can't even see the back of the room. There's so many people getting ready. Um, and I'm here with one of the delegates ready to listen to the talk. Um, hello, do you want to introduce yourself to Teen Teaching? Hello, my name's Lisa. And Lisa, are you a teacher? Are you a parent? Are you a, how's your role in education? I'm a bit of everything, to be honest with you. I'm a parent, I'm a teacher, I'm a school leader and participant in the uh, conference. You could not be more of the teen teaching audience, I think, if you tick in all the boxes. And can I ask, why have you come to, so we're getting ready for the talk on questioning yeah. within a drive. Why have you, why have you chosen this one of, out, of, out of all the awesome talks? Because cognitive load and cognitive, um, uh, cognitive load is really important with the particular pupils that I work with who have special educational needs and actually really considering how we ask those questions and the language load and the information carrying words within those questions and their relevance to those pupils because we need to really think personally about the questions we ask. I think that might be the best answer to the question so far. Uh, Well, I hope you enjoy the talk. So we're getting ready for the first chat of the day with Inner Drive of the Cognitive Science Strand of the Festival of Education. And I'm here with Edward from Inner Drive, getting ready for his talk. Uh, Edward, you don't look at all nervous. Are you nervous? Very. Yeah, you, you, you do look, I was being polite. Um, <laughs> um, so what are you here to talk about today? So I'm gonna be talking about, uh, let's check what I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about questioning uh, and uh, how perhaps to do it slightly better. Um, and is questioning important? I know this is a ridiculous question. I'm playing that role, Edward. Questioning, why is it important? 
Okay, that's a good question. Uh, and uh, the reason it's important is that uh, learning really needs to be, it, it shouldn't just be passive, it needs to be active in order to be effective. If it's active, then it's more likely to be uh, maintained and retained within the brain. And so that's why we, uh, how we question, the timing of our question, what we ask is um, very important. Yeah, we actually did a tea and teaching special with uh, the legendary Jade Pierce, friend of the pod, recently all about questioning. And I think I'm coming around to the idea, not everyone agrees with me on this, is questioning the number one tool in a teacher's arsenal when they walk into a classroom? Oh, good question. Um, I would say it is one tool. Yeah, that's what everyone else says. <laughs> because there are lots of, um, lots, of, lots of techniques and tools that we have in, within our toolboxes, but you know, part of teaching is, is part art, is part science, and part of the art is knowing when to use which tool at which time. And you're kind of on the, uh, I'm going to put it out there, on the cutting edge of cog science and how it goes into classroom education. You're nodding right now, Edward. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You're nodding, being like, yes, we are on the cutting edge. Um, have you seen a change in the way questioning is, is happening in education in the last maybe year or so? Well, I'd like to think that more of it is happening. There's a lot of work on retrieval practice out there. There's some great books that have, have come onto the scene about it and its importance, and I think it's getting a bit higher in everybody's uh, mind as to how to get it within a, within a lesson because there's only so much time you have in the lesson and uh, you know, how you use that time within, within the lesson is quite important to think about how you can actually use it. And when we talk about question, I'm sure you're going to do this in your talk, so I don't want to ruin it for people after the event has happened, which is when this pod will be coming out. I'm not sure how that works in terms of the time continuum, but definitely works. Um, what is, if someone's coming in looking for that one key takeaway about questioning, that when they go into the classroom on Monday, they can implement, what, what are, you going to, are you going to give them that key skill? And if so, what is it? Well, the way that we like to work at Inner Drive is actually um, talk about a whole bunch of concepts, illustrate them perhaps with some practical um, work uh, and then you know you guys out there you're the experts on how to actually apply it within the classroom we give you the ideas and concepts some of them will be old some of them will be new uh, and I think the power perhaps of coming to somewhere like this the education festival is some more ideas of what you might want to actually do in the classroom tomorrow and I th you're complete right it's, it's the whole power community of coming together and asking questions Indeed. and hopefully inner drive giving us all the answers uh, everyone knows we're big fans of inner drive um, i know we released a pod recently with bradley of inner drive which has been um the feedback has been amazing on that so thank you listeners um edward my kind of final question before you go on stage you can hear the crowd in the background ah <laughs> oh, thank you crowd, <laughs> well done, crowd. <laughs> thank you crowd that was brilliant um oh I, f I feel like a big deal um, when, when I'm definitely not. Um, my final question really is people, after the talk, they've gone home, they've listened to teen teaching because they saw us doing pod stuff from the Inner Drive Cognitive Science Strand. Uh, where can they go and find out more about Inner Drive? They, they watched you, Edward, and they thought, wow, this guy, I want to know more. What do they do? Uh, well, I think probably the best place to start is with the website at www.innerdrive.co.uk. Uh, we've got a stack of free resources and studies that uh, you can download from there, but also uh, all of it is backed up by a whole bunch of blogs which have all the research base to it and the references if you want the references. 
Um, but I would just like to add just to all of that, the most important thing about today is, is after the day is just perhaps just have a quick think about the answer to this question. So what? We'll leave it there. Yes. Enjoy. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so we've just come to the end of the cognitive science strand with Inner Drive talking about questioning and I'm here with a couple of members of the audience who have just sat through it. Um, hi there, welcome to Tea and Teaching guys, how are you two today? Very good, thanks. Good, thank um, so what did you think of the talk about questioning there? I, I personally thought it was, it was very interesting in, in how you could stagger the questions from the very basics to then retrieval and gain those different types of information from those students. Um, and I found it also, as I'm a PE teacher myself, so our main forms of assessment is through questioning. So by looking at how other people are applying it in different subjects and then rephrasing it to then make it apparent for myself, I thought it was Yeah, my, my co-host is actually a PE teacher and it's something we've discussed a lot. It's like some of the stuff we discuss in other subjects, like PE, it's all about verbal basis, about seeing, it's about asking questions. So that's really interesting to see. What was your name, sorry? Jack. Jack, thank you so much, Jack. And sorry, I don't know your name. Uh, Sophie. Sophie, what about you, Sophie? What um, do you think? I thought it was shocking that statistic that the majority of teachers only wait for one second before they expect an answer. Yeah. Um, so, kind of developing strategies there to allow our students to actually think and process. Um, and some of the strategies he used of like putting us on the spot and like how that feels to the students. It's. I mean, teachers, we are so guilty of this. If we are really bad at doing stuff that we yeah. think is really good, like we do it ourselves. I remember when I first got told of putting students' name at the end of a question when I was training, I was just like, obviously do that. But until someone actually said that to me, like, I never yeah. thought about it. So if I was just asked, like, you're teaching at the moment? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so on Monday morning, is there anything you think you're going to do differently because of what you've been chatting about just now? Yeah, I think definitely like posing the question and then waiting your three seconds. And that conscious decision to actually wait. Oh, yeah. You're going to ask. Yeah. I think it's, it's those kind of like the preloaded questions where you understand where you want to go with the topic and where you want to kind of your end goal. It's how you get there. So it's all from the very beginning of where you phrase and start it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jack and Sophie, for your time. Uh, we'll see where we go next, guys. So I'm now here with White Rose Maths. Um, I'm sure any maths teachers out there will know White Rose Maths. Um, but for people who aren't maths teachers, you should still know about White Rose Maths because when you go into primary, secondary schools, it is going to be used. So uh, hello, White Rose. How are you guys today? Good. Good to see you. How are you? Oh, not too bad, thank you. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Um, do you want to give us a little idea about why you guys are here today? Absolutely, yeah. So we're here at the Festival of Education today uh, to let everyone know about all the amazing resources available from White Rose Maths. Um, we've got our new, brand new primary schemes that have been updated for next year, so we've got some sample books um, to share them. They're looking absolutely amazing. We've got our printed workbooks, um, so get all your worksheets for the year delivered to school, ready for next year. Um, Justin is here, who's our international lead. Um, we're going global, global, sharing White Rose Maths internationally, all over the world. Um, so yeah, just spreading the word that maths everyone can. 
I've, I think that was James for marketing, I think, can tell, because that was, that was beautifully succinct, James. Um, and just really quickly, if people want to hear about White Rose, maybe they don't know who White Rose Maths are because they live in a bubble under a somehow rock. They uh, how, somehow they don't know. Yeah. Where do they go? What do they do? If you just go to whiterosemaths.com, everything is there that you need, all the resources, um, or just drop us an email, tweet us, send us a message on Facebook, happy to help. Um, whiterosemaths.com is your one-stop shop for everything that you need maths. Uh, listeners, you'll probably think I'm on the pay, but but I'm not, unfortunately. Not yet, anyway. Thank you, White Rose Maths. Uh, we're going to have you on the pod later on this year, I think, so we'll, we'll find out more about it then. Cheers. Cheers. Next up is the panel by Inner Drive uh, with Yamina Bibi, Tom Perry, Henry Toulson and Sam Gibbs talking about all things cognitive science in schools. Um, oh, I can see Yamina and Henry. Let's see if I can go and grab them before they get on stage. So I'm now here with Yamina and Henry getting ready for the big panel talk of the cognitive science strand with Inner Drive. Uh, welcome to Team Teaching, guys. Hello. Thank you. Thank uh, how are you both today? Well, warm. It's a, oh, it's a beautiful day, though. It is. Um, and we're in one of the cooler rooms of the Festival of Education, so we've True. done very well. Uh, Henry, what are, you, what are you here to talk about? It's a very good question. Um, I'm here, hopefully, to try and give some insight from the world of initial teacher education about the role that cognitive science plays in early career teacher development. I remember when I was trained as a teacher, and I don't think it was mentioned once, no. any idea of, like how anyone learns. I was a teach first, so we mainly talked about teach first. I love teach first, just put it out there. Uh, and you mean, what about yourself, what you're here to talk about? Um, focus really specifically on cognitive science applied in the classroom. So I'm an assistant teacher, and one of the things that we're really looking at is how we can apply that in the curriculum, but also just really focus on metacognition and self-regulation and retrieval practice, because that's my first many loves, sorry. Lots of loves. Lots of loves. Lots is that something you've been doing this year? Yes. How's specifically. it going? So one of the things that we do is we have actual research strand as part of our teaching and learning kind of CPD programme. And the one I've opted into is to do metacognition. So I've been really researching that, trying to apply that in the classroom. But obviously you can't get to metacognition until you know the cognitive science. I was going to say, you've, you've gone for the hard one there. Would, that's so yeah. much fun. I'll, so, be like, I'll, just, I'll do questioning. That's easy to kind of judge. But metacognition, that's the big one. Yeah. Yeah, we're we'll like that, Sarah Bernal. We like to challenge our stuff. Yeah, that's the line. Let's go with the hardest one to properly measure so you can claim a lot of impact. <laughs> yes. They were doing loads oh, of metacognition. Didn't you see the metacognition going on? It was literally exactly. everywhere. It's, it's, it's all thinking right. about thinking. Yeah. That's all it is. Just, just this, 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 this fog of, of, of knowledge exactly. sitting above those students' heads. We're not going to teach the students anything about cog science. We're just going to teach them how to think properly. Yeah. <laughs> and Henry, have you seen any changes in kind of cognitive science in education in the last year? Let's go the last year. Well, I, I think certainly... Yeah, with it, you can't not reference the amount of time people had to themselves to spend at home to, to read more and learn more. Well, learn more theoretically, at least find out more about the, the the groundswell has been has been building for a number of years. And I mean, the thing, my main issue with it is not necessarily that it, it's all of a sudden the thing, you know, zeitgeist, but the fact that it has existed. Knowing how people think, you know, you can go back to people like Dewey, who was writing in the early 1900s. Um, you've got Ebbinghaus, you've got people like that from the 1800s who are promoting these sort of things, but it's only, I suppose, with movements such as Festival Education, Research Ed, that perhaps things are coming to the fore a little more, um, and people are getting a greater awareness of, first of all, they encounter the terms, 
And it's, that, for me, is the thing. It's once you've learned the term, that's all very well, but you've got to be very careful of just paying lip service to the term and not really understanding what's going on beneath mm. it. And I think that's where perhaps we're at that point mm. at the moment. We're on that, that tipping point whereby we could, and I'll hopefully maybe talk about this in a moment or two, but we could end up at a point where lots of people know they can talk a good game. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. not about talking a good game. It's about, it's about playing the game and, and, and succeeding. But like anything, if you understand the language, it kind of opens the doors to it be does. part of the community. Sure. And then you're like, oh, I'm a cognitive science teacher, yeah. for want of a better phrase. And that's yeah. once you take that on as your identity, you're more likely to do the yep. stuff. I have a theory that like during COVID, when we were all kind of teaching from online learning, people were just in kind of survival mode. But now people are going back into classroom like, do you know what? I actually really like being in the classroom. I love what I do and I want to do what I do even better and I think I mean I don't know if you agree but like I think that's where a lot of it is coming from people are like getting that passion for being in the classroom again because yeah. we've seen what the world looks like if we're not in the classroom and a lot of us didn't really like it am I talking nonsense there as of, as I often no, do I hated it I, I really enjoyed learning about remote teaching and how to become a really effective remote teacher um, but I really loved going back into the classroom full time and I've seen that with our, our staff and I've seen actually through Twitter and the, the kind of conversations that are, be, are, are being discussed now is around cognitive science but also about the application of it so I think Henry you're right we're at this point in, in education where we're talking a good talk but now it's about doing the hard work about applying in the classroom and I think that comes from senior leadership teams and about how we drive that and ensuring that there aren't any lethal mutations because I think there's so much scope for that to happen so much so much risk right now when it's very exciting it still almost feels a bit new like we're back in the classroom how exciting is this and we've learned all about means of participation we've learned all about how to do remote teaching effectively but how, what does that look like in our classrooms and how are we as senior leadership teams driving that so that it's embedded rather than just a bolt-on because it sounds good for our offset inspection. We don't want to go down another route where we're like, I've, I've read something about learning styles. Oh, I've read that too. Let's all do learning styles all the time forever and get kids to wear learning their badges. To it was fun. I taught learning to learn in learning the early learn. years of teaching. Oh, Brain Jim. Remember Brain Jim? Who was the guy who came up with it? He talked about learning to I learn. remember De Bono's thinking hats. Yes, I remember being encountered with a lot of those. I was once in a school where kids had to wear a VA or K badge, yeah, depending upon their learning style. Yeah. We had and to what, label them on seating plans. Yeah, label yeah. them on seating plans and you put them together. Or if you, if you want to be wild, you mixed up a visual and audio learner. <laughs> it was chaos. Wow. Um, yes, so... Uh, Did you make any hats? I, had, I made hats for the De Bono's thinking hats. Yes. And the students had to wear them. Yes. Did, you have, really a, did you have a Bloom's now? questioning fan? No, no, I, I had one of those. I got one of those at a CPD once. So we're here to. You're, well, you're here. I'm just here to talk to people no more than me. Um, you're here to push people in the right direction to do the right things. Uh, I can see Henry Tate. I'm going to word it again. You're here to try and guide people <laughs> to do the right thing. Uh, thank you so much for your time, guys. Looking forward to the chat, to the big panel talk. The audience is building the tensions. But I can. People out there. Someone just looked at me and was like, "I'm buzzing right now." Um, or they were just being like, "Who's that guy talking about?" <laughs> Let's do it. panel was just entirely in the team teaching vein just great people talking about teaching bringing all their experiences um and just so much knowledge to be gained from that i'm not going to try and condense it down into uh, a little chat there but that was absolutely brilliant just so many things have taken away and re making me think about um cognitive science is 
is a lens, as Sam did say, for us to see the problem. It doesn't just solve a problem, it isn't the solution, but it's the lens to look at the problem. Um, and I really like what Henry was talking about, just saying, like, it's not a bolt onto the lesson plan. It's not what cognitive science is about. It needs to be embedded within the whole philosophy and culture of the school. And then that will come through in the teaching. Um, and really hear, good to hear the background kind of in the research from Tom Bain. And you mean to talk about how it actually works in the classroom in her role as a sister in the head. So just great people talking about stuff they know really well. That was brilliant. So I'm here at the Festival of Education. I'm now talking to what Mike would say is my background in teaching. I'm here with Teach First. Hello, Teach First. How are you today? Yeah. So um, can someone tell me why Teach First are here at the Festival of Education today? And maybe introduce yourself so all our listeners know who you are. Hello, I'm Alex. I'm a school partnership manager for the South Central area. So I work with schools across Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, North Hampshire and Oxfordshire. What a lovely area to be leading. And why are you in this tent on this glorious day today? We are here to chat to schools, uh, multi-academy trusts and organisations about Teach First um, and hopefully uh, show them the benefit of partnering with us um, as we try to solve or tackle uh, educational disadvantage. Yeah, as, as our listeners will know, I'm a Teach First ambassador. I love Teach First. Always talking about how I would not have got in the classroom if it wasn't Teach First. So I should thank you, really. I think you're all pre-ambassadors to myself, so you set the pathway to the to the Arthur Moore story. Um, and so if people want to go and find out more about Teach First, say they're, we've got people listening who they're, they're leaders in schools, they're thinking about getting Teach First into, the, into school, where should they go? Who should they talk to? So they can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. They can go onto our website, which is teachfirst.org.uk. Um, highly recommend that you get in touch. We can support with recruitment and retention of trainee teachers. We have a whole suite of programmes um, to support schools on every level, from uh, trainee teachers, careers provision, uh, leading together, so supporting school leaders. Marvellous. And I have been given a sneaky idea that we're going to have a Teach First special coming on later this year to dispel the myths about Teach First that Mike has has um, developed over years. I'm going to tell you why it's one of the great things in education today. We're all doing our secret handshakes uh, that you can't see, so we all know who we are. Um, but if you want to find out more about Teach First, to be honest, just Google Teach First. Uh, and you're going to find out loads about it, but I would really recommend you go and talk to them because they will know more about it than anyone else you talk to. Off now back to uh, the old hall at Wellington College to see uh, Bradley Bush, friend of the pod, Bradley Bush. Go and check out his episode. Uh, he's going to be talking about uh, the Rosenshine principles and how cognitive science can help us understand those better and bring in a really big buzz going on um, about this one. I've had to actually step aside to be able to record because there's a lot of people going into this room. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Um, people have seen Bradley talk yesterday at Festival of Education and they have apparently piled in again to see him again. Uh, really looking forward to this one. We'll grab Bradley afterwards to get his thoughts. So I'm now with friend of the pod, Bradley from Inner Drive. Bradley, you've just finished your presentation. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit of what was it about for the people who weren't here? Sure. Um, yeah, we looked at the cognitive science that underpins Rosenshine's principles. Uh, essentially, we think if you know about cognitive load theory and retrieval and spacing you can then talk about Rosenstein's principles on a on a deeper level so things like asking questions and checking for understanding I think take on more meaning and give 
different ways of doing it as a result of knowing about the research. And what I really enjoyed about the talk you've just given is just not so heavy on the theory of breaking it down like how is this going to affect me as a teacher how does it affect me as an educator in my classroom my context um, and you gave some examples of making us teachers the novices in the room again which we've talked about in the previous pod with you um, is that the key thing that people should be taking away was just remember we are the experts we need to remember what it's like to be a novice yeah and I, I generally think it's one of the hardest things to do it's really hard to put yourself in their shoes and therefore it makes stuff like modeling a thought process and scaffolding support really difficult but therefore also really really important as well so how how do we remember what it was like not to know something so i don't think we actually can uh, so for example you probably can't remember what it was like to be confused about how to tie your shoelaces because you just do it on autopilot now i think the best we can do is lots of checking for understanding uh, someone actually told me the other day they think that's the most important out of all the principles because every future decision is based around understanding how much they know. And so we can't know what it's like to be in their shoes again, but we can try and gauge where they're currently at by regularly checking for understanding. And I think there's, I can definitely see that change happening in the people I talk to in education, the teachers I talk to of just what you were saying is cognitive science isn't everything. We shouldn't do absolutely everything cognitive science. I plan my whole lesson around cognitive science, but cognitive science can help us teach things so they are, uh, so they are learnt. Yeah, so I, I think it should, as I, I think I said in the session, I think it needs to inform teacher judgment, not replace it. So I think just because loads of studies that were done on different students from a different country found some results doesn't mean I need to change what I'm doing but I think the general principles from their findings can help inform it. So for example, the principle around uh, anything you gain quickly, you lose quickly. So therefore revisiting material is important. Now I don't think cognitive science can tell you exactly when to revisit material or what that looks like for your particular subject, but it can help inform you that it's a really important aspect to consider and reflect on. And it's better to understand something is important and be considering it rather than just, oh, I, I don't fully understand it, so I'll just ignore it completely. If we're just understanding, the, if we make a real conscious thought, my students don't know this as well as I do, then that's going to inform our teaching, it's going to inform our plan, it's going to inform our questioning. Massively, and it informs everything. It informs how you present information, it informs what information you're going to present, it informs how much support to give them. So yeah, as I said before, like that checking for understanding, it's, it underpins everything, I think. And I know you offer uh, some free studies on your website. Just Google Inner Drive Studies, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's uh, correct. Um, so when we released our book, The Science of Learning... Great book. Thanks. Uh, our publisher at Routledge was really kind. Uh, we said one of the reasons why we wrote it is we didn't want research to be behind paywalls. We wanted it to be accessible. And so they kindly agreed to let us put a third of it completely online for free. Uh, so you can find that by Googling Inner Drive Studies or visiting our website. I'm thinking of someone who's super busy for time. They want that one study that is going to lure them into the world and change their life. So of those 33 ones, is there one you're like, this is the golden ticket, this is the one? Uh, there's two. Can I get away with that? Yeah, two? yeah, I'll let you. <laughs> uh, so the first one is around memory. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of the seminal study that often gets quoted about Dunlosky reviewing lots of different learning strategies. I always refer to that as almost like a gateway drug. So like, it's kind of like, once you read that, you realize there's this whole other world of 
studies and research and strategies and it kind of want, makes you want to read more about them so it's a great beginners it's a great intro to that world uh, the other study that i'll sneak in uh, there's one on there on resilience and uh, because i think resilience is such a buzzword and it's in risk of being a cliche and yet one of the studies there's a really nice review that gives a summary of all the research and looks at the different factors that help create a resilient environment uh, those are the two i'd definitely point people towards and i think you're exactly right once you read once you learn a little, you want to know a little more, and that's kind of how you can go more. And well, I, I, I think research can be overwhelming at times. Yeah, you don't absolutely. know where to start. Whereas, like some studies, when they're reviews, like you can just go, like, okay, I get the broad strokes, I don't get the detail, but I now know which areas to explore further. And what you spoke about in your study was achievement leads to motivation. So if I go away and do a little, read my little study, and I see it makes difference in my classroom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be motivated to do that again. So it's like we can. We can be those teachers who read loads and don't change our teaching practice, or we can be that teacher that reads one or two things but really uses that to change our teacher's practice. I know who I'd rather be. Yeah, uh, like, so I always kind of say, it's not enough for this stuff just to be intellectually interesting. Like, it has to lead to behaviour change, it has to be useful. So, like, if nothing ever changes, what's the point? And that doesn't mean we have to do more. Sometimes it's about just reinforcing the stuff we are doing. But, like, good research should be both evidence-based, but it should be practical, it should lead to a strategy uh, kind of a so what if you like and i've got the book i've gone through the book and i absolutely love it and what i really like about it is i don't have to read it all in one go i really i, I doubt anyone reads it in one go but what i can do oh, do you know what i need to know a little bit about this i find that page i absorb that knowledge um, and i keep going back to it so i don't forget it and all that stuff but it's a fantastic book um what have we got next coming up on? What's our, la what's our last chat today? Yeah, so the last talk of today uh, is Sam Gibbs and Alex Wren. They're talking about how both instructional coaching and cognitive science have both become popular in the last few years and looking at how they interlink and why and what coaches need to know about cognitive science. And if that doesn't entice you, I don't know what will. Let's go and see what's going on. So I've just been in a talk with Inner Drive talking about the Rose Shine principles and their links with cognitive science amongst other things. Uh, really interesting talk that one. Uh, really nice to give us examples of just how quickly we can make a difference to our teaching practice. I definitely recommend going and look at uh, their stuff. They've got 33 studies that you can go and look at if you just search Inner Drive studies. So I really recommend that. Just speaking to a load of people in the room. Huge reviews for that session. Really enjoying it. So I definitely go and check that out. Um, let's go and see what we've got next. So I'm here just after the Inner Drive presentation all about the Rosenshire Principle. I'm with Singh. Singh, what did you think of that presentation? Yeah, fantastic. Um, I think Bradley uh, is like really skilled at communicating these quite complex ideas in ways that um, people who listen to them will a remember and b make sense of really really well and this is where we can make private jokes if i'm now much better drawing a panda than i was yeah. before the session <laughs> which if you weren't here that is going to be an absolutely awful reference but i enjoyed it which is the main thing so if i was going to ask what if you you're going back to your school on monday and they go you went to that presentation from bradley who released his pod on tn teaching on monday go and listen to it um what are you going to take away what's the one thing you're taking away from that Amongst others? Uh, amongst others, like, there's loads, but I think probably the, the, the biggest thing was um, how, like, the retrieval practice that, that he made us do and demonstrating 
um, how it can be done well and how it can be done really poorly so we know what to avoid. Awesome. And am I right you've got a book out, Sing? Yes, I do. Uh, Dunlusky's Strength in the Student Toolbox in Action, part of the In Action series from Tom Sherrington, um, available at John Cat and all major bookstores. Oh, that was some excellent plug And If they want to find out more about you, find you on Twitter at? Uh, at inspiredlearn underscore or my blog bit.ly slash unpacking education. Awesome. And we're going to have you on the pod later on in the year, so everyone watch out for the Sing. Go and enjoy the rest of the Festival of Education. So we're now with Pixel here. I'm here with Nick Ware of Pixel. Nick, how are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you, and delighted to be here at the Festival of Education. It's a beautiful. We have got very lucky with the weather, have we? We're not? extremely lucky with the weather. Awesome. Can you just give our listeners who don't know Pixel a little insight into what you guys do? Well, we we work with over two and a half thousand schools, including primary, secondary, and post sixteen. And our our aim is to work with school leaders to help bring about improved life chances for young people in schools, to give them the chance for greater opportunities as they move through the education system and into adult life. And we do that work by working with school leaders. And as you can see from there, we work with 40,000 school leaders at the moment. And we try to give them ideas, suggestions and some inspiration in terms of through these times and so on is, is what they might be able to do perhaps a little bit differently which will bring about those their vision and their aims for their own school and i know we've got plenty of listeners who will be like do you know what i quite like being inspired so anything that's inspiring us is always a good thing um nick if people are like do you know what that nick guy sounds brilliant i want to find out more about him what he does um preferably professionally but maybe on a more social level where can they find out more about pixel you can go onto our website at pixel.org.uk and on the website there'll be contact details whereas if you just drop us a line then one of us will get back to you certainly within 24 hours and we'll be delighted to hear from you beautiful listeners you know what to do we'll speak to you soon bye I'm here with Sam Gibbs and Ali Wren talking all about uh, after their coaching sesh. How was it? Amazing. Really, we were both really, really delighted to be here to talk about this because it's what we love geeking out about. Yeah. Despite um, melting under the lights in the sun. Despite melting, it's very sticky in the old gym. However, yeah. it was really good yeah. fun. I see they put yeah. some in the old gym, not the new gym, I which know, I'm sure is beautifully <laughs> air-conditioned. It's the most glamorous gym I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there, there is a balcony Chandelier's. in the gym. There's not many balconies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what you've, I was just talking to some people leaving the session, they're going to do some coaching on Monday. If they could go out the room, what's that one thing you wish you kind of, what wisdom do you wish you imparted? One thing, Sam. Don't do it on Monday unless you're absolutely sure why you're doing it, what it's for, what excellence looks like, and have you created the culture and the enabling conditions for it. Spend Monday thinking about that and then maybe do it on Tuesday. Do it on Tuesday. So top tip if you want to yeah. do it Monday, don't do <laughs> don't it do Monday. It. <laughs> top tips from Sam, yeah, it's a good one. What can I add to that? Um, I think the mistake that I've made in the past is getting really, really bogged down with the particular model or approach and there's a lot out there at the moment about this. The, the kind of tonic to that is just asking yourself, has what I've done today with this teacher helped them today and will it have an impact for, for those children? Mm -hmm. And if it does, 
and keep doing it. So easy to get bogged down in, like, did I follow this specific yes. model? Yeah. And there is the whole point of models are they are kind of guidance in themselves yeah. because there is no one model. Absolutely. Because if there was one model, yeah. we'd all be using it and we wouldn't be here having a chat Absolutely. about which model is the best yeah. one. Right. Yeah, I think there's a danger we're all losing the plot a little bit with instructional coaching in, in all honesty. What, one sort of key takeaway for me for today was I went to see Jim Knight's session earlier on and he just really reminded everybody in that session kind of what we're doing this for. Like, it, it's not about doing things to teachers or even kind of with teachers or the model or the process or the strategy or the procedure. This is all for the kids, right? This is because we want to improve learning for kids in classrooms and coaching is a way to think about doing that. So I think if we can kind of recenter ourselves around that as the vision for this, I'm just going to fly out of my eye, um, as the kind of vision for this or the thing we want to achieve through it, we can maybe have some more um, kind of meaningful, sensible discourse around it. That's what we're here for today. Mic drop moment, that. Yeah, what, yeah. A sense, what a sensible approach rather than me oh. just asking mindless questions. <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, where can people, because I know there were people out there who were literally queuing for questions, listeners. There was literally a queue for questions. Uh, where can they go and find out more about you two? Uh, Twitter's uh, obviously the, the kind of panopticon of all things education. So you can find us on there. I'm at uh, Ali underscore Ren. Ren is in the bird that flies. W R E N. Um, yeah, and I'm Sam L Gibbs One, original. Um, is there a Sam Gibbs Two? Oh, yeah, there must be one. If you are Sam Gibbs Two, please get in touch. <laughs> talk about coaching. Never and mind. Sam Gibbs Three, like then <laughs> yeah. there's just a party going. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. <laughs> so I'm now out of all the events from the Festival of Education, being at all the events for the uh, Cognitive Science Strand with Inner Drive. So many key takeaways, so many things to think about. So I'm gonna go away, have a little think. Uh, so listeners, stay with us. And then when we come back, I'll be sharing my key takeaways from today. Um, and we'll see if Mike makes an appearance. It's, uh, it's give or take at the moment, give or take. Welcome back to Tea and Teaching. Um, I'm I'm off the train. I'm back in the Tea and Teaching headquarters. I I'm on Zoom with Mike Harrowell. Hi, Mike. Welcome back. Hello, Arthur. That was a great listen. You just this guy kind of running around with a microphone, grabbing anyone. It was uh, I, I it was got some looks, but very enjoyable. I got some looks. Some of them were positive. Some of them were like. Who on earth is this guy? But everyone was lovely. What a lovely day. What a lovely day with a bunch of lovely people. Mike, you've you've been lucky. You've had a sneak preview of what has happened before this pod's even gone out. So I'm really interested to see what you've kind of taken away from an event that you were not at. Yeah, I guess two things. First of all, how tolerant people are of you. Um, just allowing you to just shove microphones in their faces and interview them. Um, but that's just the wonderful teaching community, isn't it? Always willing to talk and share and, and collaborate. For me, it was really interesting because I know you, you went to a lot of the, the inner drive um, kind of thread of the, the festival. And so you, you kind of picked on that cognitive science, which is so big in education. And the thing that stayed with me is a lot of people spoke about there's so much more awareness of this now. It's not a new thing. There's so many more books out there. It's so much more accessible now. 
to find out about what cognitive science is and how we can use our knowledge of cognitive science in our classrooms. But now is the time to now start implementing it and finding really effective ways to do that in the classroom. Um, we kind of a lot of us have all read up on this, and now it's about right. What can we do with this? How can we run with this and actually use it to improve our day-to-day -day teaching? I think you're exactly right. We've gone from a stage where cognitive science is is not a presentation in itself. We're now to say, well, kind of guys, you know what this cognitive load theory is. You know what is it? But let's really talk about how we can help the learners in the classroom via cognitive science how can we use cognitive science and for me there was a sam gibbs actually said at one point cognitive science isn't the solution it's the lens to look at the problem and when she said that, i was like that's absolutely bang on where we're at um as a community and there were people talking about like we need to be really careful that we're not just accepting everything and then just that's just oh i've done oh yes well i did i read a paragraph on cognitive low theory so I, that is no longer a problem um in my classroom and it made me think back on one of our earlier pods mike we spoke to jade pierce about questioning and jay pierce as we know friend of the pod really into like the research behind it but that pod we did was all about well what does that research actually mean in your classroom on monday um and that's kind of what i took away as not so much what am I learning about cognitive science, but what am I learning about how to implement that to me as an educator? I don't know if you agree with that, who's someone who is in the classroom. Literally today, you were in the classroom, which is why you couldn't have joined us. Yeah, it's just constantly thinking, isn't it, of how were the students learning in my lesson? And what do I need to do to maximise that learning? And just that knowledge of cognitive science and things like cognitive load theory and, and things like that is allows you to really think about the approach you're taking and really be really considerate about how what you're teaching is actually being learned because it's very easy to teach we can all teach but teaching to maximize learning is a really difficult skill or possibly even an art form a discussion we've had before no i completely agree mike so i hope listeners i hope you enjoyed that kind of flavor of the festival of education um I'd really say, like, go back and look at some of the old pods on TNT with some of the people we've spoken with today. And also we've got uh, specials coming up with some of those people we've spoken today. So make sure you subscribe to get those. I'd also really go and check out Bradley Bush and Inner Drive's work. Like, thank you for having us, Bradley and Inner Drive. But su the stuff they're putting out there is brilliant. If you type in Inner Drive uh, studies, you get 33 studies that have been done. That's all shared for absolutely free. Um, and that's going to go and make you a better teacher or it's going to help you develop as a better teacher. So I massively, massively recommend that. Um, Mike, thank you so much for coming to the Tea and Teaching uh, home of, of Zoom. Uh, maybe one day we'll get you out, out on the road. Yeah, well, thank you for giving up your time to go and, and give us a taste of the festival, Arthur. I think it has definitely inspired me to try and get time off next year to go and do that. And I hope hopefully the listeners have got a little taste of it as well and, and fancy a bit a bigger bite of the cherry and this has all been part of our cognitive science month on uh teen teaching so go back and listen to the episode with bradley and the uh, episode that's coming out with over practice sarah cottingham um very soon or it's probably out now um if you're listening to this a couple of days afterwards so thank you for your time listeners it was awesome being at the festival of education we'll speak to you soon Thank you for listening to this episode of Tea and Teaching. 
If you've enjoyed the content of this episode, please feel free to share it with other educators. And if you're able to, please leave a review on the platform. And as always, thank you for listening to Tea and Teaching.